It's our job to tell better stories. And always remember, it's the risk takers that are rewarded. People are sick and tired of being marketed to, and they're sick and tired of being sold. The single biggest story today in sales and marketing is how our customers are buying different Hey everyone and welcome to the Growth Hub podcast brought to you by Advanced B2B, the marketing agency for SaaS companies and the subscription economy. It's your host here, Edward Ford, and today we're joined by John Benini, who is Director of Marketing at Databox. This episode is all about getting a handle on data as we look at how to set goals, track KPIs and measure performance in marketing. So with a huge amount of data, it's super easy to get overwhelmed about where to start. But in this episode, we look at the evolution of data in marketing and how marketers can simplify everything to focus on tracking the right numbers so that you can improve performance. We also look at what data you should be reporting to various levels of the organization, whether that's the board, the C-level or marketing teams, since different levels are interested in different numbers. John also gives us a sneak peek into how the Databox marketing team set goals and what sort of KPIs they track and how regularly as a way to measure and improve their performance. So we hope by the end of this episode that you'll have some good ideas about how to go about setting goals, tracking KPIs and measuring performance. As ever, stay tuned to the end of the episode where John takes on our Fast Five Challenge. So here is episode 22 of the Growth Hub podcast with John Benini, Director of Marketing at Databox. Welcome to another episode of the Growth of Podcast and welcome John Benini, Director of Marketing at Databox. So John, thanks so much for joining us today. Edward, thanks a lot for having me on, man. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And today we're going to be talking about data, metrics and KPIs, but I guess tracking performance starts with a benchmark with which to measure your success against and that pretty much comes back to goals and we have a saying here at Advanced B2B that you can't score if you don't have a goal. So let's start here with goal setting. So, so how should marketers go about setting the right kind of goals? Did you put that on a t-shirt or something? I like that. Yeah, we should. We should. Or a bumper <laughs> sticker. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think there tends to be a lot of hesitation around goals, not because people don't want to set them. It's, it's because they either, they, they just don't know how to. Um, and I think in, in many cases, the company that you work for has, some sort of top line or you know bottom line organizational aspiration it might be revenue growth uh might be getting to profitability might be something else but i think identifying what that is as a marketer you know which uh is going to involve you sort of talking to people throughout the organization talking to people on the exec level but identifying what that is then enables you to sort of work backwards to quantify the performance needed elsewhere, right? Throughout the funnel. Um, so, you know, the things that impact revenue or the things that influence profitability, like, you know, what are those things? You know, is it, is it product signups? Is it, is it retention? Um, you know, is it convert trial conversions? So I, it, once you have sort of what that top level aspiration is, it's a lot easier to work backwards to see like, okay, here's how we have to perform elsewhere in order to, to sort of achieve that. And, that, and that, that's a good starting point. But I think where people get tripped up is, what's the right number um you know and, and i think and i think people at least if you're just starting out if it's a startup or you've never really gone through goal setting before i don't think it's a bad thing to sort of just give the best educated guess that you can based on the information that you have um and i think people think it needs to be more scientific than that but i think if you're just starting out like having a really educated guess based on the information that you have available to you is, is a great starting point so 
I think it's really just identifying what is if, – if your company doesn't have goals right now, your team doesn't have goals, what is the organization driving towards? That is surely known. If it's not, then there's, there's other alignment issues going on. But the organization should know what it's driving towards. And then it's just about trying to work backwards from there and seeing, okay, what things under my purview or that I can control influence that? And what would I need to do in those areas in order to sort of achieve what, what we're trying to do as an organization? Um, and it, it doesn't have to, like I said, it doesn't have to be any more scientific than at least that first go around, giving your best educated guess. And then from there, you can kind of benchmark how you perform over the first month or two, and then you're going to get better at it, just like anything else. Yeah, I love it. So kind of reverse engineering the process, starting from where it is you want to get to, to then setting those incremental goals in between. And uh, this kind of leads on nicely into the next point. So let's get a little more operational. So what processes should marketers have then when it comes to actually tracking and improving performance? So I think, yeah, it starts with having something that you're driving towards, which is a goal, right? Uh, It starts with having a goal. And I think the next step from there is once you have that, you're able to, you have the ability to monitor progress towards that goal and, you know, in, in real time, ideally is what you want, right? Um, You can have weekly meetings with your team to sort of, um, you know, like at at Databox, we have weekly meetings with our teams and we'll kind of talk about like, what are the things that each individual did last week? How did those things influence our progress towards goals? And what are our priorities this week? Um, so it's really the meetings are focused on those things. So, you know, you avoid like meeting bloat and talking for an hour. Um, you go over those three things, you prioritize what the thing, you know, the three or four things, whatever they are that can influence the goals for the coming week. And then from there, like after, you know, you sort of have that North star as a goal, you're monitoring your progress in real time and then you make improvements. So the way we see it is it's sort of like a three-step process. You, you know, there's like a planning stage where you, you have your goal. Um, that enables you to monitor progress in real time. And then from there you can improve in the, in the areas that, you know, you're seeing, um, you know, performance may be lagging. So I think where most marketers start is they start right at the, they, they skip the first two and go to two improvements, or maybe they're doing a little bit of the second step. They're monitoring a little bit, right? They log into their HubSpot account or they log into uh, Google analytics and they see one thing and they jump right to improvements but they don't even really know what they're trying to improve it for or if that's even the right metric. So I think uh, in a lot of cases, people need to step back, identify what that goal is, put the processes in place, which is really just having open communication with the people that are influencing that goal. Have that open communication week over week on the things that we're doing. How is it working? What should we prioritize this week? And then you really have like, uh, the context needed to see, okay, well, all right, let, let's go and improve these numbers. Here are the things that we should go do. Um, and it's a cyclical process and it starts over again. So I think it's really about goal setting, having the ability to monitor your progress in real time against those goals, and then doing the things that are going to improve them week over week. So it's a really a three-step process. And I think, like I said, most marketers are skipping the first step and a half and starting with halfway through monitoring and jumping right to improving. And it, yeah. it, it, it kind of gets you into, it can get you into trouble sometimes. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned there a few times about tracking data in real time. So how have expectations for tracking and improving performance in real time then changed, say, you know, over the last five, 10 years or so? Well, I think like most things, like most things that, that you know, uh, evolve with technology, I think insights are now expected in real time. Um, you know, the feedback loop, I think on channels that marketers 
and advertisers and salespeople used 25 years ago, or, may, or maybe even less, maybe even 10, 15 years ago, the feedback loop wasn't as immediate, right? So now you have the feedback loop on channels like Facebook ads and AdWords, or if you publish a blog post, or you, know, you run a LinkedIn post, whatever it is, you, you pretty much have immediate feedback on how those things perform, sending email, right? Much more than say direct mail, right? It's a predecessor. You have immediate feedback on those things. So as a result, you know, our bosses, ex, you know, kind of expect um, you know, the insights in real time. How, how did those things perform? Where are we at on this campaign? And your team, if you're a manager, if you're managing a team, also expects answers in real time because they want to know how the work that they're doing is contributing to the organization's goals and, and how they can be better. Um, I think what you see is a lot, uh, uh, a, a lot of people uh, gain fulfillment from knowing how their work influences the, the company's goals and, and overall success. So I think you have like your bosses and your team now expect sort of insights in real time. Um, but I don't think most companies are set up to deliver that because they're still using sort of like the old static playbook of logging into 12 different tools on average, like HubSpot put out a report a couple of years ago that like the average company has like 12 different tools that they're pulling data from in order to track performance. So you're logging into 12 different tools, each in its own silo. You're pulling out data, throwing it into spreadsheets or slides, and then sort of trying to visualize it in there. Um, and doing that obviously does not enable you to provide anyone with real-time insights, let alone yourself, right? Because you're, you're doing all this added work in order to get at, get at the information and you're spending less time with the actual analysis part of it, right? So I think that's the thing is like, People should spend less time with data, but in order to do that, you need to have, have everything centralized so you have immediate access to it. You don't have to go searching for it, and it's just there, right? And, and you can derive what you need from it and move forward. Um, and I think, yeah, so the expectations of change, everybody sort of expects the answers in real time. And uh, yeah, I think marketers, salespeople, customer success reps need to adjust and, and have the ability to be able to deliver those insights in real time. Yeah, exactly. I think you really touched on one of the big pain points or challenges for marketers in that there is actually so much data available to us nowadays. And like you said, we're using so many different tools. So you can find stuff in Google Analytics, in AdWords, in Facebook, LinkedIn, in HubSpot, in your CRM, in your content management platform, the list goes on and on. So this really is one of the challenges that marketers have is that there's almost so much data that you're drowning in it. So what does this then mean for marketers? So we talked about being able to track monitor and manage data in real time. So, so what does this mean and how can marketers evolve with these changes? Right. So I think a good start is transitioning away from this siloed approach that I just mentioned, which is you're, you're logging into all those tools that you mentioned and more. And if you're an agency, uh, you know, Edward, I'm sure you know this pain more than, more than most. Oh yes. You're not, you're not just doing that for yourself. You're doing that for 10, 20, 30 clients. Um, you're having to do that, right? Logging into all these different tools and pulling the information out. It's that it becomes a real costly endeavor at that point. So I think what, uh, what would benefit most companies is ditching that siloed approach to performance tracking, having to log in and out of 12 different tools when someone asks you, Hey, how did that perform? Or, um, you know, one thing I like to say is the hardest question I think marketers and salespeople or agency pros can get asked day in and day out is, 
what happened today or what worked today because then you, you just have to go searching, right? Like you, if, if you ask something very specific, like how many views did a blog post get today, you can go log into your CMS and go look that up. But generally speaking, it's hard to, to do all that. So basically ditch the siloed approach um, and, and find a way to bring all of your uh, performance insights into one place. Obviously Databox does that, that's why we're talking. Um, so bring all, bringing all of that performance under one roof allows you to be able to quickly you know, generate insights quickly so you can meet the expectations of your bosses or team. But when you have it living in 12 different places, on average, you might have more, you might have a little less. Um, when you have it living in 12 different places, uh, there, there's, it's really hard to evolve from that static uh, sort of mindset to a more real-time one. So the easiest way to do that is by allowing all of your data into one place, um, tracking everything all in one place, you can draw correlation much easier. When all of your data is together, that's sort of like where the magic happens because you can see how, you know, uh, average session duration in Google Analytics impacts new conversations in Drift or something, right? Or bounce rate affects new conversations. Uh, you can draw all this correlation that's much harder to do when you're logging in and out of all these tools separately because you're gonna miss that stuff. So. If you bring all of your, track all of your performance in one place, it's a lot easier to evolve and have answers in real time and also draw the correlation needed. And, and you just have a deeper level, level of insights much quicker than you would uh, previously. So it's really about transitioning away from where a lot of companies are right now, tracking your, your performance in 12 different places. Transitioning away from that is really the, the biggest step. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, we're working in an agency, obviously. So it's not just having all those tools, but all those tools for different customers. So yeah, I, I can say Databox has definitely made our lives a lot easier. So that's definitely one way to- That's good to hear. To, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. And obviously it's really important to understand that different groups of people will be interested in different metrics. So let's break this down and look at what kind of metrics and KPIs marketers should be reporting to different levels of the organization. So I'd love to start at the top and just think about, okay, so what should marketers be reporting to the board? And you know, what sort of time frame should these metrics cover? I mean, this is gonna be different, right, for, for every company, but I mean, generally speaking, metrics that are close, you know, that, that, are, that are revenue and immediately close to revenue are the things that um, you know, are, are typically reported at the board level. Um, so obviously you're going to have your, your, your net and gross, um, you're going to have new MRR and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but also like the things that directly influence that. So retention numbers, maybe trial conversions, if you're a SaaS company, signups and things like that, just to sort of, sort of show trends and maybe, uh, supply some answers for reasons on why maybe a certain metric like revenue is up or down. Right. So the things that directly influence, uh, revenue are really the, the, the trends that, that, uh, uh, boards, you know, typically love to dig into, right. And, and, and have questions about is, uh, really it's, I mean, from my experience on, on, on being in board meetings in the past, it's really, it's obviously the numbers are important, but the, the thing that's more interesting is why they are what they are. Right. So you're, you're kind of answering a different set of questions than maybe you would to say your individual contributors. Right. So, um, so the, having the ability to answer the why behind why these numbers are a certain way, 
Um, and I also think it's not just the metrics that are different, but also the way they're presented is different uh, when you present to execs or, or a board, right? Like I know marketers like to track things. You know, they like to see daily fluctuations. So say like traffic, for example, they like to see, all right, um, we had 2000 visits today. We only had 1400 yesterday. What did we do differently? They like to see those fluctuations. Whereas, you know, an executive team or a board wants to see the cumulative sort of view of like how, how traffic or revenue, those kind of things are performing over time in relation to a goal or, or, or previous year or, or whatever it is. So I think it's not just the metrics, but also like how they're presented is also different uh, when you're presenting to execs versus your, your team. Yeah, exactly. So how does it then differ if you kind of go one step down and think about C level, so the CEO, how should marketers be reporting to the management team? What kind of things should they be reporting and, and over what sort of time frame? I think the metrics in, in many cases might largely be the same because the CEO or the C-level management team is sort of looking for the answers that they're going to report at the board level, right? So uh, the, the metrics could, be, could end up being the same. So obviously, uh, revenue, C-level is going to have a really good handle on that. They're going to be really interested in the things that directly influence that. So they have the uh, retorts necessary to answer the questions that they're going to face on why this revenue number is this and why this growth is here. So they're going to want to know all the sort of things that directly influence that. Like I said, signups, trial conversions, retention, um, and maybe even, you know, going a step, uh, you know, a layer deeper and, you know, how many, how many people are coming to the site. So they sort of have all the context necessary to answer questions around why numbers are moving in certain directions. Um, but obviously the time frame is much different. Like you're probably talking to your executive team um, at hopefully once a month. Um, and depending how small the team is, it might even be more frequent than that, right? Like startups are, are talking every week. Um, smaller teams are really talking every week in order to make sure everybody's on the same page and priorities are set. So the time frame is really what's different there. Um, but really the C-level team is trying to get the answers that they're going to relay at the board level. So they already know revenue and all that. What they're going to be looking for is, you know, again, the, the inputs that directly influence revenue, they want to see how all those channels are performing and maybe why, uh, you know, why certain revenue trends are a certain way and, and, and things of, uh, things of that nature. Yeah. And then if we go another layer further, so on a more functional level, so what should actual marketing teams, or perhaps if it's a small company, you know, individual marketers be tracking and again, what sort of time frame should marketers be looking at here? So this is, I mean, if, to give you an example at Databox, we, we, we chat about these things every single week with our teams. So really at, at you know, at, at that stage, you're looking at all the individual inpu uh, in, uh, inputs that influence sort of the KPIs that are being reported up funnel or, or upstream. So for example, um, you know, if new MRR is, is something you're reporting at the exec and board level, which it would be, what are the different inputs from a, individual contributor level or a marketing standpoint that influence that. So, you know, things like trial conversions, upsells, renewals. So all those kind of things that are influencing those, you know, sort of uh, bottom line goals, you know, we want to break those into individual areas. So, you know, it might be sign up to paid conversions, uh, upsell revenue, um, renewals, and, you know, uh, all, all these kind of things, retention. So you kind of break out all the individual inputs that are, in, you know, so that influence the goals that the executive team is driving towards and reporting on. And you, you need to break those up and identify, all right, what are all the things 
that influence that, um, you know, uh, traffic is just one, right. For, for something that might, for, for example, impact signups, which is something that you're probably going to report to your management team or C-level team. So what are all the things that influence signups? Well, traffic to the site, um, you know, views to on specific pages, clicks to specific calls to action, form completions, um, all of these things are going to impact signups, right? Like you can be driving all the traffic in the world, but if that's all you're looking at, but your form doesn't convert, um, or, or your, you know, your chat bot or whatever it is, doesn't convert. Like there's an issue there. So you need to break up all the different inputs that are contributing towards the company's goals. And that's a really effective way of communicating with your team. Um, just so everybody has an awareness of the different sort of leverage points that are, you know, helping to influence goals and then breaking those up and being able to talk about those and ways to improve it and how they're performing, et cetera, is, is definitely good practice uh, on a more functional level. Yeah, love it. And John, as director of marketing at Databox, I'd love to dig into, you know, what you guys do and, and how you approach this. So could you tell us what are some of your goals and which KPIs are you tracking and measuring to improving performance? All right. So we, I mean, we, we tend to keep things pretty simple, but the process is largely the same as kind of what I've talked about above. So, well, I mean, we're a growing company. So, you know, early on it, it, the, the team was, was smaller and we all sort of would get together with Pete, uh, Pete Caputo, who's our CEO and, you know, the, you know, marketing sales, customer support, we would all sort of meet uh, together and, and sort of talk about all of, all of the goals sort of in one shot. Now we've, we've sort of, we're continuing to grow. Um, now we've sort of broken that out, you know, by function. So sales has their, has their meetings and goals. Marketing has theirs, uh, customer success has theirs. So the way we sort of treat it is we have our weekly meetings with our teams. Uh, we have our goals. So, you know, for, for us, a, a big, a big goal for us right now is, as a growing startup is, is just continuing to expand our overall reach is one, right? So things like traffic, product signups, um, visit to sign up rate on the website, but then on the other end of that spectrum is, you know, we have a lot of signups coming through every month. We have a lot of new users. Uh, we have a free plan, which obviously brings in a lot, a lot of new users. So we need to ensure that the user experience is also converting as well. So things like our onboarding, um, uh, sign up to paid conversions. So really there, there's two buckets that sort of, there, there's overlap there. It's not just marketing, right? There's, there's things product is doing, there's things that customer success is doing, things that sales are doing that are influencing those areas. But um, those are sort of, from a marketing standpoint, two of the things that we're, we're focused heavily on. And we have, you know, we have our goals and every single week we meet as a team. And again, the same process as I mentioned above, uh, we follow the same thing. We talk about what are the, the, the five things that we did last week? How did that influence, you know, the goal or, and, and, or progress towards what we're moving toward? And, you know, what are, what are our priorities this week? And what do we expect from that? Um, and we do that exercise every single week and it keeps everything keeps everything honest. It keeps everything, um, you know, sort of moving in the right direction. And, uh, you know, I guess what, what a lot of people would call agile and, uh, it, um, yeah, it, it just helps keep everybody focused. So we, we have as, as a marketing team, really only, you know, three to four, uh, three to four goals. Like we, we don't, we don't, we track a lot of things, right. We track a lot of leading indicators, but in terms of goals, we, we keep it pretty simple and, and, uh, really focus in on, on, on these areas to try to improve it and grow the business. Awesome. And how do you actually communicate and report between functions? So you mentioned now that you've branched out into functional level meetings. So marketing, sales, product, customer success. So how do you communicate and keep the other teams up to date? And of course, vice versa. 
So we have weekly meetings as well. So the sort of like the, the functional team leads also meet with our, with our CEO and, uh, you know, talk about, you know, maybe some higher level challenges we're facing or priorities. And so we meet weekly as well. So you have your functional team meetings, but then you also have uh, your meetings with the other team leads. So everybody's sort of uh, in the loop with each other. But then, uh, you know, like, like other companies, we, we try to minimize meeting bloat. Like, every, you know, we're, again, we're still a smaller team. Um, you know, staying focused and, and executing is, is, is obviously critical for us. But, um, you know, you're still going to have your, your, your one-off meetings at times. Uh, but that's not, that doesn't happen a ton, honestly, when, when everybody's sort of looped in and up to date and uh, in, in f- extracting data from the same place and everything is all in one place, it kind of minimizes the need for, for a ton of meetings because everybody knows the goals that they're driving towards, how, you know, what the progress is towards those goals. So there's not really a ton of need for, for, you know, for, for a load of meetings. So yeah, we have our functional meetings and then we have our are sort of uh, higher level team lead meetings as well keeps everybody in the loop yeah definitely the fewer the meetings the better that's always always a good rule of uh, of work so <laughs> sure. hey that was awesome um but we could move on to our closing questions and the fast five challenge so all i'm going to do is ask five questions and all you need to do is answer them as quickly as possible so john are you ready let's do it perfect all right so the first one is the one book that you would recommend others to read this is tough. Um, I'm probably going to say Influence by Robert Cialdini. Um, and I'm going to break the rules because you said one, but closely behind that would be Positioning by Al Reese and Jack Trout. I think those two books are a really great look into the sort of psychology behind why people make certain decisions and why they make buying decisions and how we all sort of think and behave in different, uh, in different environments. So yeah, those two they're, they're classics. I think Influence was written in the 80s and positioning maybe maybe the late 80s or 90s. So those are classics, but I mean, those are the ones that I try to stick towards because they don't, those lessons don't change. So Influence by Robert Cialdini and Positioning by Al Reese. Yeah, definitely some classics there. And uh, yeah, must read for all marketers. So the second question, a SaaS company that you love and why? There's certainly a lot I admire. Obviously, HubSpot's one. Um, Basecamp, I think, just because of the sheer, like, just how long they've been doing it. I think it's uh, next year will be 20 years, which is insane when you think about SaaS. 20, like 20 yeah, years. Yeah, that's, that's so And their bootstraps. Like, that's, I mean, I, I just love that. I mean, there's, you know, people tend to wear bootstrap as a badge of honor, right, which, which I don't necessarily think is, you know, it's, each company has their own sort of path, right? So, but uh, the fact that Basecamp has gone 20 years, you know, they're doing tens of million in revenue. They've never raised, you know, really out, any outside funding is, is crazy. And just their overall, I think, um, morals as, as an organization and how they don't compromise on that is, is impressive considering like the Silicon Valley mindset of most sort of tech companies nowadays, right? They, they have like a, I had Jason Freed on, on Databox's podcast and he talked about how they have like a no working over 40 hours a week policy, which is, which is just, it, it's different, right? Um, they don't, uh, they don't, they don't allow their employees to, to grab time on someone else's calendar without asking. Um, so you, you actually like, they don't have the ability to do that inside of, you know, um, Gmail, like they've sort of, you know, like closed off that feature. Um, it's just, it, it, it's just, uh, I think they just approach things differently. And I've always admired that about them. Yeah, that's super impressive, especially considering a bootstrap company has that limit of how many hours you can work. So yeah, I <laughs> love right. it. 
kind of kind of goes against the, the common they're sense like, there. They're like 50, 50 something employees and they've been around 20 years. I mean, yeah, yeah it's phenomenal. That, that's nuts. That's nuts. Yeah. Perfect. Then the third question. So one of your favorite places to read about marketing online. Hmm. I mean, that's a tough one. I, I, I read a ton of books. I think uh, I've always liked the first round review. Um, I think that's a great blog. Um, I think, uh, I think HubSpot continues to, to, to put out good content. I consume a lot of podcasts these days. Um, uh, obviously seeking wisdom by drift is, is one that I, that I check out, uh, pretty frequently. Um, but, uh, yeah, in, ter- in terms of, uh, in terms of other blogs, I, I like Wistia's. I think it's, it's very focused. Um, and the content is very, very high quality. Uh, they might not post every day or even several times a week, but when they post, it's, it's, a, a, you know, really, really high quality. I like what those guys are doing. And I also like, um, the level of transparency that you see on bare metrics is blog. So it might not be one you hear a ton about uh, from questions like that, but I just love the level of transparency that they have. Um, uh, that Josh, their, their, their founder has on, uh, in, in a lot of the posts. And so I, it, it helps, I think, um, sort of benchmark yourself when, when you see other companies being so honest and how they're performing and what's working it just allows you to benchmark yourself and see like, all right, what, what are some things I can do differently? So yeah, th- those are, those are just a few that come to mind. Yeah. Some good recommendations there. And also a big fan of what Josh Pickford and the uh, team down at bear metrics are doing. They got some really good stuff coming out. So yeah, definitely pro- go profit. Well too. That's another one. Profit. Oh well yeah, of course. Amazing yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then the fourth question, this should be quite interesting. So your most important growth metric. Um, so this is just going to be, I mean, for us, I, obviously this is something that's very, uh, different for everybody as well. I tend to gravitate more towards, you know, your, your conversion percentages. So stuff like visit to sign up and then sign up to paid rather than the absolute sort of growth in like traffic, let's say, uh, because it kind of keeps you honest and, um, you know, ensures that, everything is growing efficiently rather than just, Hey, we, we, we generated 20,000 more sessions this month, but you know, it was just very low quality sessions. People aren't converting at the same rate and it, you, you're just going in circles. It really does nothing. So, um, those things are important, but I think, uh, for me, I love visit to sign up as a, as an overall measurement of how our, our content and overall acquisition strategies performing, but then on the other side of the funnel, sign up to paid. So, um, in terms of our onboarding and nurturing and product experience, uh, you know, are, are we, do we have an optimal experience there? So for me, I, I, the conversion percentages are really like the North star metrics. Perfect. And then the fifth and final question. So your best piece of advice for fellow SaaS marketing leaders. Oh man, it's going to, it's going to sound so trite and obvious, but like <laughs> talk to your customers. I think in so many cases where I feel stuck on a potential solution. We, we, we have the benefit of Databox. We work with a, a ton of people like, like, uh, like you guys, Edward, um, where we have a really good relationship with our partner community. And so I'll, I'll talk to a lot of guys, one in particular, Chris Handy or at Closed One. And a lot of times your customers have the answers you're looking for because they're not, um, they don't have the uh, sort of disadvantage of thinking about it all day, every day, right? So they're coming at it sometimes from a fresh perspective that you desperately need. And, um, you know, every, every company has, has a group of, you know, evangelists or customers that are using the product, um, you know, every day. And I think talking to those people and getting their input and seeing how you can help them further consistently, no matter how big or small you are is, is probably the most important, 
exercise that you could do just for, for staying inspired and just knowing w- what are some things that you can do to improve the overall sort of, you know, customer and user experience. Yeah, perfect. And this one's actually starting to come up more frequently. So definitely go out and uh, get chatting with your customers to uh, get some good insight and feedback from them. So, hey, there you have it. Well, John, thanks so much for joining us on the Growth Hub podcast. I have to say it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Yeah, Edward, this was a blast. Thanks for having me on. That was John Benini on how to set goals, track KPIs, and measure performance in marketing. Now, you can follow John on Twitter at Bonini84. And as ever, if you have any feedback, then you're always welcome to get in touch with me on Twitter at Nordic Edward, on LinkedIn, or reach out to me at edward at advancedb2b.fi. So thank you so much for listening to the Growth of Podcast brought to you by Advanced B2B. And this is your host, Edward Ford, signing off. And make sure you check out advancedb2b.com for more content and resources on everything B2B SaaS growth. It's our job to tell better stories. And always remember, it's the risk takers that are rewarded. People are sick and tired of being marketed to, and they're sick and tired of being sold. The single biggest story today in sales and marketing is how our customers are buying different